here, but I'm just going to read a couple verses in, in, in the Bible. And the first verse we're going to read together is found in the book of John's Gospel and chapter 3. Now, perhaps you're hearing the gospel for the very first time tonight. Maybe this is a, a new type of church service. That's great. If it is, welcome. We're very thankful you're here. And I'm going to try to speak as simply as possible and present the gospel, which means the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you have a Bible, if you don't, it's fine. You can just listen along. Uh, but I'm going to read from my Bible here uh, in the book of John's gospel in chapter 3 and verse 36. So let's read it together. John's gospel, chapter 3 and verse 36. And just so you know, I also have a timer going here and uh, we'll try to not be too long-winded. John's Gospel, chapter 3, and verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. I'll read it again. He that, or she that, believeth on the Son, that's Christ, hath everlasting life life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Uh, the next reading I have is in the same book. So John here, uh, and John is writing, and uh, I just want to look at a, just a little uh, verse here in John chapter 14. So we just read John chapter 3. Just move a, move a little ahead to John chapter 14. I'm going to read two verses starting at verse 5. John 14 and verse 5. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. And the question of the night, really, here is found right here, asked over 2,000 years ago. Thomas says, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the last reading is found in the book of Romans. So you have your Bibles, your Matthew, Mark, and the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. And Romans and chapter 5. Romans and chapter 5. And let's look at verse 6 together. Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commendeth, for God demonstrated his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, there's a lot of much more than if you look at verse 9, you'll see much more in verse 9, 10, verse 15, verse 17, verse 20. But I want to look here at verse 19 and verse 20 and focus on that last sentence in verse 20. Verse 19 of Romans chapter 5. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And that's all we're going to read with God's help. I'm keeping an eye on the timer here, uh, and we just trust God through that. So the first uh, 
verse that we read together is found in John's Gospel in chapter 3 and verse 36. And the context in John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 36, is the Apostle John is writing. He's the disciple who loved Jesus. And uh, he's recounting the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a man who was searching for an answer. Nicodemus was a man who wanted to know how he could have peace with God. It's a very similar story to the story of Thomas in John chapter 14. Thomas is a man who wants to know how he's going to heaven. And I love the story here in John chapter 3 because perhaps there's someone online right now and you have the question. Maybe you've searched different areas of life, perhaps different uh, belief systems, religions, different things. And you're saying in your mind, how can I know for sure that I am going to heaven? How can I know for sure that when I leave time, and I enter eternity that I am in heaven above. How can someone be absolutely, flawlessly uh, convinced and, and, and shown through scripture that they can have full confidence that when they die, when the heart stops beating and the eternal soul continues moving on, that they are going to heaven? Nicodemus was a man who comes to the man, the person of Christ, and he has the question. Notice what Jesus tells Nicodemus. If you were to study this particular portion of scripture, you would see that Nicodemus uh, asked the Lord Jesus Christ how he can uh, inherit eternal life. And Jesus tells him, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Jesus tells them this in John's gospel in chapter three, uh, in verse uh, number seven, as Jesus is speaking, he says, Nicodemus, uh, don't think too much about this. Don't marvel too much about this. He says, marvel not, I said to you. You must be born again. You say, well, Matt, why would you tell me that Jesus is telling Nicodemus, a man who would have done pretty good in society, the man who would have done a lot of good works, a man who knew the word of God, why would you tell me that he needed to be born again? It doesn't make any sense. Well, it didn't make any sense to Nicodemus either. And so Nicodemus asked the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 3, he says, well, how do I become born? Do I have to be born again and be born again? Uh, from my mother's womb. And Jesus says, hey, listen, don't marvel about these things. You know the word of God, Nicodemus. And he says in verse number uh, 14, he says, Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. He says, Nicodemus, you were born in sin. And over 2,000 years ago, as Jesus Christ is speaking to Nicodemus, God is speaking to you and to me through the word of God and telling you and I that we were born in sin. The Bible teaches in the book of Genesis that uh, in the beginning, God created the earth, the heavens, the, the moon, the, earth, the, the, the earth, and, and he created mankind. So that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And man and Adam and Eve, if you know the story of the garden, they had everything that they could ever enjoy. Uh, and yet in that moment, in their selfishness, in their humanity, they sin, and they are banned from the garden. And the Bible teaches in the book of Romans, wherefore it's by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so that death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And Christ here, Jesus Christ, is trying to get Nicodemus' attention, and he's saying, Nicodemus, you've sinned. And as Moses had to lift the serpent in the wilderness for sinners, for people that have been bitten by sin, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever... John chapter 3 and verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And the verse that we all love in John's gospel in chapter 
3. It's a beautiful verse. I personally was saved at 22 years old from John's Gospel in chapter 3 and verse 16. And the verse says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The gospel message, the good news, that's what gospel means. You might say, well, I came to a gospel service, and what in the world is this word gospel? It means good news. It's not even the good news. It's the best news that could ever touch planet Earth, especially when there's an epidemic, especially when hearts are broken, especially when man has no peace, especially when man has no hope, and they're turning to everything. God is saying, because of sin, I sent my son, and I sent my son to be the savior of the world. And for God, he says, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. And on August 19th, 2001, you're looking at him here today as a broken, distraught, peaceless, hopeless sinner. I understood those words just like this. And this is how God spoke to me when I opened up the word of God, just searching for an answer. I read this like this, for God so loved Matt, that's me, that he gave his only begotten son for Matt, that if Matt believes in him, Matt will not perish, but Matt will have eternal life. And on that moment, the Bible teaches that I was, as Jesus told Nicodemus, I was born again. And you, on on this call tonight, you can be born again. This is not uh, speaking about joining a church or joining a denomination or some particular religion. It's about speaking about how you and I can have a relationship with the God of heaven through the mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. And so we see in John chapter 14, as I'm just going to I keep moving here along, as I'm looking at the time, we've been in nine minutes and 40 seconds. I'm going to try to be uh, pretty prompt here. But John's gospel in chapter 14, the context in John's gospel in chapter 14 is Jesus is walking with other people and people are following him. And Jesus starts to speak about going to heaven. I bet you there are people on this call today, and you've heard all about heaven. Right, regardless of really where, what church you belong to or what group you belong to, everyone that I really run into has heard in some capacity about heaven. And maybe you're hearing this message and you're saying, well, this man here is speaking from the Bible, and he's speaking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I want to know one thing and one thing only is how I can know for sure that I am going to heaven. And that is what Jesus Christ is teaching as he's speaking about heaven. He's saying, listen, I'm going to a place and I'm going to prepare a place for believers. And Thomas is there. And I believe Thomas is so intrigued and Thomas is is so wrapped up in the person of Christ. It's almost like he just pushes people to the side. And Thomas comes in and he says, it's almost like he's saying in our English or in our vernacular, Thomas is saying, Jesus, how can I know for sure that I'm going to heaven. How can I know for sure that I'm going to be where you are? He's almost saying, I don't care too much about everyone that's around here. I don't care too much about my career, my profession, where I went to school, my family. All I want to know for sure without any shadow of a doubt, without any hesitation, is that when I leave earth, I'm going to heaven. And what does Christ tell Nicodemus? I'm sorry, Thomas. Jesus tells Thomas, Thomas says, Lord, How do I know the way to heaven? And Jesus says, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, he says, comes unto the Father but by me. He's the way. Christ is the way. Man has their ways. 
As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches that there's a way that seems right into a man, but the ends there are are the ways of death. You and I, regardless of what background you come from, regardless of the pedigree, the family that you have been brought up in, we are born in sin. We have hearts that are desperately wicked. That's why we need the gospel. That's why in Romans chapter 5, Paul is speaking, the same person, Paul, who said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. And Paul is speaking, and he's saying, for when we were yet without strength. You ever been without strength? I recently went to a a bike ride with some friends, went through a forest, and uh, I will tell you, I was with younger guys. I'm crossing the 40, well, you already crossed the 40 mark, I'll be 41 in August, but I was with the younger guys and we came up on a hill and they were moving and cooking. And I was with, I literally had to take my mountain bike and stand to the side. I couldn't breathe. I was absolutely helpless. And God is saying that the sinner is helpless the way we are in our sin. Our sin can never enter heaven and we are without strength to save ourselves. That's why Ephesians chapter two and verse eight and verse nine says that we are saved uh, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And Paul here in Romans chapter 5 is speaking to us about the gospel, and he is saying this truth, that for when you are, you and I are without strength, no hope, no peace with God, search your own heart, pride past the walls of pride that surround our hearts, and get right in there and say, Matt, before you and before God, as God looks right into the heart of a sinner, Where do you stand with God? Do you have peace with God? Are you prepared to go to heaven? Are you prepared to meet the very creator? And that's what Paul says. When we're here without strength, listen to these words. In due time, in flawless time, Christ died for the ungodly. And he says, for scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet perhaps for adventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. And then he says, and it's the crux of the gospel, as it's climaxing, it's crescendoing to the cross. He says, but God demonstrates, God commends his love to you and I. And that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He said, well, man, how would you tie in verse uh, number 20 here in Romans chapter 5? Because you read a verse, it was very interesting to me as you read it. And the verse said this here. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. That is the person of Adam in the garden. Sin passed upon all men. So by the obedience of one, that's the person of Christ. Uh, shall, many shall be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. If there's something I never want you to forget today uh, on this call is that where sin abounded, where sin was rampant, grace much more abounded. In other words, grace, something that you and I didn't deserve, much more abounded. So when all your failures that happened in your life as a result of our sin, there was grace. All the times you never trusted God to get you through something. I've had them a plethora of times. There was grace. All the times that our hearts, no matter how young or old on the call, or you're 75 or 100 on the call, every time your heart became jealous over something else, perhaps over love for another one or a relationship or something that someone else had that you wanted and you were jealous, grace. Every time there was wickedness in your heart, either internally or demonstrated to the world, there was grace, grace about it. Every time your heart was disobedient, grace. Every time you lied, grace. Every time there was hatred, grace. Those of you that are older, every time there was immorality in your life, grace. Every time there was drunkenness in your life, grace. Every time there was rebellion in your life, grace. Every time there was pride in your life, 
grace. Grace and much more abound. Where sin abounded, grace and much more abound. You say, Matt, please tell me where the grace is. I want to know for sure I'm going to heaven. I want to know for sure like Thomas did. Thomas could look at Christ. But what does the word of God teach? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You say, where's grace? Turn to a cross. Come see what Jesus Christ did on a cross. God still loved the world. He gave his only son. And the person of Jesus was born on this earth. And yet he was sinless. It says that Mary marveled about Jesus. She wondered. She pondered things in her heart as she watches the Lord Jesus Christ walk. And yet he, he, he deals and he walks and he talks with siblings and individuals. And yet he doesn't sin. He doesn't act out of rebellion. He doesn't curse. He's not a drunkard. He doesn't think he's just completely different. And then she's watching him as her son. But yet on a cross, she watches him as her savior. And you with eyes of faith tonight can see the Lord Jesus Christ on a cross. You say, Matt, where was their sin? Oh, sin abounded at the cross. Men spit on the Lord Jesus Christ on a cross. Pilate asked that question, what will I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? And the world rang out to him. And they opened his back like a plow field. Bible teaches that. They spit upon his beautiful face. They wrapped a, a, a cloth around him and said, prophesy unto us who it is that hit you in the face. God allowed men to take his son and to place him on a cross. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18 says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us who are saved, there are people who are saved tonight. They're on the way to heaven. They're on this call. It's the power of God unto salvation. We rejoice because we have peace with God. It's not of our own merit. And they place him on a cross. They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And they raise the Lord Jesus Christ between heaven and earth. And as he's hanging between heaven and earth, fiddle running down his face, blood flowing for the sinner, Jesus Christ said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Can you imagine? What a beautiful, that's why the writer Paul saying in Romans chapter 5, that where sin abounded, the, 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 the disgust, the capacity, the heavy weight of sin, as it's there shown in its totality on, near the cross, as men hate the person of Christ, grace did much more abound. And where grace abounded, where God gave you and I something that we didn't deserve, listen to these words. Jesus Christ on a cross says these words, it is finished. And the work to save human beings, the work to redeem, meaning to buy back individuals that were on the shelf of the slavery of sin, God provided that work. He had to provide the sacrifice that was sinless for you and I, the sinner. And Jesus Christ died on a cross. It's not over. Because he died on a cross, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. That's why Christ says, I am come, he says, that they might have life and life more abundantly. Perhaps someone's on the call today and uh, you're saying, Matt, I'd love to know for sure I'm going to heaven. You know what God's word says? John chapter 3 and verse 36. He, that's you, he or she that believes on the Son has life. The solemnity of that verse is this. He that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. You know, let me close. There are things that I love. Of course, I love my family, and I uh, love uh, 
many things about life, but there's something that I'm, I'm sort of obsessed with. If I had the money, I, I'd buy uh, all the cars that man has to offer. But there's one I was just searching. I do it for fun sometimes. I get online, I search different rides. And if someone was to tell me that they could buy me any car ever, right, on this earth, I'll tell you which one it is. Uh, 2020, you're going to laugh when you hear this, but there's 2020, there's a Bugatti that is called the Chiron. It's $3 million car. If you said to me, Matt, I buy you this car, you wouldn't have to pay me back. You can take this car happily. There's a Bugatti Viva, so that's not enough. This is a $5.8 million car. It's 1,500 horsepower. I know there's some boys and girls on this call. If you just have, just imagine this just for, just for a second. The vehicle that uh, your parents drive maybe has 250 horsepower, maybe 400 horsepower. This has 1,500 horsepower. It's a car that you could take across a NASCAR track and perhaps win. If you said, Matt, I'd buy you that car, just own it. I'd take it in a second. Nothing I have to do? Give me the keys. If you said to me, though, Matt, you're in love with cars, I'd say, yeah, I'm in love with cars. And you'd say, Matt, I'll give you this Bugatti Devo, $5.8 million car. If you renounce your relationship with Jesus Christ, I would say never. Because he that believes on the Son has everlasting life. It's worth more than any car money can buy. If you said to me, Matt, forget the cars. If I gave you all the wealth, I gave you every dollar across the world. I gave you every home across the world. I gave you planet Earth, and you ran with it, and you run it, and you managed it. But you renounced the person of Christ as being the Lord of your life. My answer to you would be never. You say, how do you have so much confidence in that person? Because I will tell you this, that where sin abounded in my heart, grace did much more abound. And there was something that I received the day I trusted Christ on August 19th, 2001 was something that I didn't deserve. The forgiveness of my sins, the payment of my sins, past sins, present sins, and future sins. The just one, Jesus Christ, died for you and I, the unjust, that he might make us right in the eyes of God. For by grace, I close. Are you saved? You and God faith. Through faith. Faith in the person of Christ. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Take that gift. The best gift man could ever take, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I'm going to put my Bible down. We're going to pray together on the call. And uh, thank you very much for being with me. Uh, we're going to pray as we close.